0: Hey everyone, welcome to episode 145, Talking Toys. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to listen. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And And have have harmony harmony in the home. I have to say that this idea really came from David when we were first married and sharing space together. I was like, this is not what it's all cracked up to be. I thought, you know, you get married and you live happily ever after. That's what they sell us, this bag of goods. I'm like, what is happening? This man has some habits. And he was saying, this chick has some habits about me. I'm like, this is not really going to work for me. And he's like, this isn't going to really work for me. So all of my annoying habits, and I have plenty, we're getting on his nerves and he would say something that I would defensive and it was like bicker, 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 bicker. And then all of his annoying habits, which he has some, I would bicker, I would nitpick and he would get defensive and then we bicker, 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 bicker. So that wasn't very fun. The first year of marriage was a lot of us being the Bickersons about just the general sharing of space because i was so triggered by any type of criticism as a words of affirmation chick like you tell me uh hey can you shut off the lights when you leave the room my sister says it i'm like sure no problem sweet sister of mine david says it i turned into a dragon or tyrannosaurus rex that's like fire breathing dragon how is that happening i had daddy issues going into my marriage i have an amazing father so i was like this doesn't make any sense so sharing of spaces was a lot of tension for us. And then it started to get a little bit lighter by something that David did that made me laugh, sent the point across, and then also I could do the same. So I have an annoying habit, one of the hundreds, of leaving cabinet doors open. I'm talking in the kitchen. We used to have an arm raw. I don't even know how to say that word. That's such a hard word for me to say. The thing that like holds like the TV with the tube and then you close it at night or you leave it open and it hides the TV. Like no one knows there's a TV in there. And also in the kitchen, I love to leave cabinets open and I, while I'm like in there and then when I'm done, I don't always remember to close them. Well, apparently that's like a big deal in Virgo world and David's a Virgo and he's very type A, let's just put it that way. He doesn't leave any cabinets open. The boy does not like ever lose a sock. It's actually annoying how like controlled and minimalistic his life is. And so he doesn't like cabinet doors open. Imagine that. We actually have these little things that he put on the hinges when we remodeled the house. So if the doors get almost closed, it automatically closes. Well, it's because I have misophonia and I don't like the way the door hitting against the frame, that noise, so I avoid it. So we got noise softener, little nugget thingy majabbles that he puts on the cabinet door. So we all have our things. He has his things. I think he's a little too nitpicky and he thinks I should be a little bit more nitpicky, okay? So we've met in the middle. He used to be A plus, I was like a C minus and then we've kind of met in the middle and he's more laid back and I'm more like B minus, okay? So we've worked it out, but one thing that we do to kind of let the other person know instead of like, hey, can you close the cabinet door? doors, it's really annoying. That doesn't really like breed connection. That's not really like, oh, sure, honey, I would love to. Yeah. Now remember, I'm not married to my sister. So if my sister says, I'm like, yeah, sure. Of course. Yeah, I get that. But sometimes the kids and the spouse and the people that we're most vulnerable with, when they say something very innocent and very neutral, we turn into Puff the Magic Dragon, or at least I do, allegedly, and vice versa. If I say something to David, like, hey, can you? he turns into Puff the Magic Dragon. So he used to leave these notes around the house that were very funny and they were from the actual inanimate object. So like the cabinet door would be open, and the note would say, hey Kelly, can you make sure that I stay closed? Cause sometimes when I'm left open, I feel very scared and lonely. Thanks so much. Love the cabinet door. It was funny and he was pretty much telling me. And so I would do the same thing for him. So like if he left his flip-flops out, I would say, I'd put it a little sticky note. Hey, David, I'm afraid that I get lonely and scared when I'm out in the big big house and I like my comfy closet. Thanks, love the flip-flops. Okay, very light and fluffy, very fun way of like letting the other person know, like you got to create a habit around this or else I'm going to like lose my cool, right? Not really, but you know what, you get what I mean. It's very light and fluffy, very NBD, very funny way of letting them know. So we carried it into parenting and it actually works very well. Only if when you get a note, you also are receptive and laughing about it. You'll just see how your ego will come up and how defensive you'll get when you get a note. So the notes are actually very funny and they can be for changing a habit or actually reinforcing a habit. That is very key. Make sure that these little love notes you're spending equal airtime doing both so like if i leave a note for david about the flip flops then i might leave a note on the made bed and says i love being made i feel so cozy and complete love the bed after David's made the bed or something like that. So it's a great way to kind of like remind and also for the good stuff, you want to reinforce the good stuff. When I was teaching, I used to leave intermittently. You never want to do things every day, all day. You just want to kind of pick and choose. It's not like you have to have a system. It's not like you have to have it like every Monday, I do this every Tuesday. So when I was teaching every probably week or so, I would leave a note on the desk. I was like, oh, I think the desk fairy is going to be coming tonight. The idea came from David, but it also came from the movie Toy Story, if you've ever seen that, where the kids leave to go off to school, and then the toys, like, have this whole party while they're gone. Like, your kids, when they're little, they believe that really happens. Let's take advantage of it to create fun habits and do it in a fun and light and fluffy way. Now... Some realists might say, well, that's not the real world. When they're at their job, is someone going to be reminding them to turn in their paperwork by leaving a note on the printer saying, hey, Johnny, I really want you to do this project and please have it to me by Friday at five o'clock. Love the printer. Is that going to happen, Kelly? Is that going to happen? I can guarantee you that when they're older, their brains will be more developed and they're not going to expect the printer to be talking to them to remind them about their deadlines. We have to meet the child where they're at versus always expecting them to meet us where we are at. I say this all the time that we are not dealing with our coworkers. We are not working with an equally emotionally developed human because they're child. Now, this doesn't excuse the behavior. It just helps you understand it. Oh, they're being a kid. They need help. They need assistance. Just like we don't expect them to come out of the womb and know how to play soccer. They put a lot of practice in, a lot of visible hours. Same thing when we're creating habits and cleaning up the house and brushing their teeth and all the things. That's why they're in our four walls to learn all those things. And it's very easy to forget. Because we are an adult, we have a formed brain, so then when our kids do wackadoo things, we're like, what were you thinking? And the answer is they weren't, because their brains are not developed yet. Their emotions are not developed yet. They're not a fully formed human. I'm 47 and sometimes I don't think I'm a fully formed human. My brain and my emotions are all over the map. So of course my kids are too, and that's okay. It's just a way to have empathy and compassion and not create so much story where they're the villain and we're the victim. If they would just do this and they disrespect and they don't care and who do they think they are and all that story around our child's habits, good habits or bad habits, is just a waste of our mental energy because it doesn't actually evolve the child or ourselves and then we're in this victim-villain mentality and then our three-year-old is the villain and we're the victim of a three-year-old. That doesn't really work. And if it works, then keep playing the victim-villain role but you just give all of your power to a little kid. How do I know? Because I'm not only the hair club president, I'm also a client or whatever that commercial is. I'm doing this work with you. I'm not above you. I'm not below you. We are equal. My kids are not above your kids or below your kids. They are equal. They're just regular kids trying to figure out the world. And we're just regular parents trying to figure out our kids and dance and have kumbaya and symbiotic relationship together. And this is a fun, light, and fluffy way of doing it where it worked in the classroom where when I would talk with a puppet in first grade, I mean, you could have heard a pin drop, my friends, because there was not a doubt in the classroom that it was me talking like they all I don't want to say fell for it, but that just shows you their emotional maturity, their brain, how it's growing and developing. And when I say emotional maturity, I don't mean that as a knock against them, because a lot of times I feel like we need to be more like our kids. Instead of our kids being like us because they know how to like have fun. They know how to be present. They know how to be light and fluffy. They know how to feel their feelings. They figured this life thing out already. And we used to know that. And then we went through life and we had painful experiences and we had trauma and we had situations and we had conditioning and we had messaging and like we were brainwashed in a different way. And they are just this open vessel of love and comfort and amazingness. And they are reminding us of what we used to have and it's still laying dormant within ourselves. So through this podcast, I hope you learn a ton. I also hope you unlearn a ton. Equal proportions. I want you to learn a lot and I also want you to unlearn a lot and deprogram and unbrainwash and your kids are the perfect ones to kind of like unbrainwash us and deprogram ourselves of what really matters. Because that's the magic of the kids, especially around the holidays. That's when you see it like, oh, the magic of Christmas, the magic of the holidays, the children seeing through the children's eyes. But that's also what gets them in trouble. So it's very confusing for a child. Wait, I'm supposed to be magical and impressionable or I'm not. I don't really get this. So let me give you some examples. Like Grady, when he brushes his teeth, I think he like, he doesn't lie about brushing his teeth. But when he says he brushes his teeth, I think the toothbrush spent maybe nine to 14 seconds in his mouth doing what it needed to do. Okay. Now he's been taught to do two minutes. I don't think that's happening now. He's 11. So do I want to stand over him and like watch him? And you know, I could, and I, and I do sometimes, but I also want to create a habit where I'm not micromanaging the toothbrushing. So yesterday I wrote this note and you guys loved it on Facebook. So I wanted to share it with you. And this is very easy, but when you take the story away, they're so rude, they're so inconsiderate. When you take that story away, then from that place, you can have a little bit more fun with this and not be so wrapped up in the story of the victim villain. So once you unwind that a little bit, then you can be like, huh, this makes me curious. I wonder how I can help him be better at brushing his teeth or remembering his water bottle. And how can I reinforce what he's already doing? And what can I reinforce for Lily? She's 13, but I still leave her notes. David's 50 something. And he leaves me notes and I leave him notes, but we leave them in both directions. Like you have to make sure that you're doing the 50-50. The notes in the lunch boxes are great and that's awesome. And you want to reinforce what you're already seeing. And then when the things that you want to create habits around, you can have more fun around it. So this note was on his toothbrush last night. I went a little overboard because I type faster than I can actually write, so I just whipped this up on the computer. It says, Dear Grady, I feel like you don't love me anymore. Your mom and dad force you to hang out with me, but you don't even seem to like me when we do hang out. You are always in a hurry and so rushed when we do hang out, and it feels like you don't even want to spend time with me anymore. I'm literally laughing. It hurts my heart. Can we spend more time together? I love you and only want the best for you. Love your toothbrush. Now, he's 11 fifth grade. He knows, well, I can't say he knows that I'm writing them, but he knows I'm writing them, if that makes sense. he would be like, Mom, I know you wrote that. And I'm like, me? What? Oh, well, I just played dumb. And he's like, promise you, yes, you didn't write it. I'm like, I, ooh, ah, and I just don't answer. He's like, promise you, yes, promise you, yes. That's our, like, official, Allison and I came up with it in middle school of, like, You never lie under promises yes. And so under promises yes, he's asking me to promise yes. Like, of course he knows, but it's almost like he's in that tweener spot where he doesn't know, but he knows. He just wants me to confirm it. He doesn't really get it. Obviously he knows, but when he was younger, I think I told the story about when he was younger and he'd come out of the room to like, oh, I need a drink. I need a hug. Oh, I need a snack. Oh, I'm scared. Oh, I got to go potty. Oh, like all the coming out and the over and over and over out of his room to kind of stall bedtime. So we said, oh no, when you come out here, your boys and you're, sorry, don't say that part. Oh my, when you come out here, baseball and rock star, they get so scared and his eyeballs come. Out of his eyes. Because kids are naturally empathic. Especially, they love their stuffed animals or their toys or their basketball that they sleep with. They love those inanimate objects because it gives them a sense of security. Even though it's a false sense of security, they don't know it at that time. It's kind of like they feel so comfortable and secure in your arms and in your heart. And they know that they can't always be in your arms and be attached at the hip, even though a lot of kids want to be attached at the hip. So they create these loveys and the pacifier and the stuffed animals or the toy and they create that sense of belonging, sense of connection to that inanimate object because it's almost like a placeholder or a pawn to give them comfort when they are feeling nervous or scared and we're not there. We know that we want to use that to our advantage as far as like, let's use the toy or the wooby or the stuffed animal to do some of the talking. Like if he's getting dressed. And so we would talk like behind Rockstar. It was like a little stuffed animal. Grady, I feel so scared when you leave and don't go out and you don't come back. I'm in this dark room all by myself. Please make sure you don't do that again. And so it's like a fun, light and fluffy way. And again, he's five years old and he's looking at me like, oh my goodness, what? Because they, they live and make believe land. And that's so beautiful. It's the best part about kids is that they live and make believe land. And even when they're older, you can still make the same point, but also make sure you're doing equal airtime by having these notes from the inanimate object coming from the inanimate object being a reminder of like brush your teeth and also like Lily with her brace. Like I might put a note in her brace saying, dear Lily, I really appreciate you being so consistent and making sure that we sleep together every night so we can cuddle. Love your brace. Now, That's reinforcing something that she has to sleep with her brace on for scoliosis. And so that's something that's not that ideal and not that fun to do when you're like dozing off and like got to put this thing on that goes from under the armpit down to the hip and it's hard as a rock around your body. And so we want to reinforce that. It's not easy. The things that are hard for the kids are also hard for us. So I asked on Facebook, which... If you're not following me on Facebook, oh my gosh, we have so much fun with all these questions and answers. On Instagram or Facebook? So I'm Kelly Hutchison on Facebook and I'm Kelly Hutchison on Instagram with a dot in between the Kelly and the Hutchison. Apparently there's a doctor named Kelly Hutchison on Instagram. And so there's a dot in between the Kelly and the Hutchison, and Hutchison is H-U-T-C-H-E-S-O-N. Everybody wants to add an I-N in the middle or an E-N. Drives me bonkers. My main name is Stout, so for 25, 27 years, however old I was when we got married, I never had to spell or have people mispronounce my last name. Stout was very easy. I'm a little teapot, short, and stout. Got that a lot, and that was fine. But spelling or mispronouncing it never happened. All of a sudden, I marry this dude with a three-syllable, nine-letter name and it's like Hutchinson, 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 Hutchinson. No, it's not. And they always, always spell it wrong. Anyway, I digress. So find me on Instagram or on Facebook and say, hey, I found you. And so I asked you on Facebook, hey everyone, what is one habit chore-wise you wish your kids would do with more ease? meaning you don't want to micromanage, you don't want to control, you don't want to constantly remind. So when we take the story away of that we're the victim and they're the villain, then we can be more creative, whether it's in a note, whether it's reinforcement, creating consciousness around it. So some of the answers were cleaning up after themselves, cleaning their rooms, wiping the counter after they made something in the kitchen and rinsing the sink after brushing the teeth, bathroom and dishes, vacuuming, putting the dirty dishes in the dishwasher rather than sitting them in the sink, anything I'm tired of reminding them to do their chores. They just need to do them. Amen, Sister Dawn. Clean their bedroom, laundry, cleaning up after themselves. Getting ready for the day, literally three steps. Get dressed, brush teeth, brush hair. Yet I have to hound over them just to do those three simple things. Oh my goodness, amen. So whenever you feel yourself in the hound mode, like you're hounding and micromanaging and remind, 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 then we need to know, like we have to tell our brain, okay, Brain, listen, I know you think the hounding and micromanaging and the reminding is working, but let's look at the last 14 days and it hasn't been working. So let's, like Dr. Phil says, the best predictor of future behavior is looking at past behavior. So let's change it up and let's get more creative. Let's get curious so we're not so furious and be more creative in the way that we're approaching this because the hounding, micromanaging, nagging, helicoptering, whatever you want to call it, it's not really working because the next 14 days are going to be exactly like the last 14 days doing homework. I said, what, what part, Danielle? Finishing it. And she said, they get a packet with a couple of pages per day and it's due Friday. He feels like he works at school all day and shouldn't have to come home and do extra work. He likens it to me having to do my job all day and having extra work from home when I get off. Honestly, I get it. And he's not totally wrong, but I've explained countless times that every child in the history of school life has done homework. He doesn't care and we bicker about it every day. The struggle is real. I hear you. Not leaving dirty clothes on the floor. Oh, So, Grady was leaving his dirty clothes on the floor, and I went in. I was like, oh, no. And he's like, what? And I was like, oh, my goodness. I'm pretending like his jammies are whispering in my ear. Again, he knows it's me, but he's like, mom, stop. I'm like, no, they just said something. He's like, stop. And then he's like, what'd they say? (laughs) And I'm thinking, you don't really want me to stop. And I said, "They are so scared being homeless, laying on the floor. They want to be either in the hamper or the washing machine, and they feel lonely and scared, and they're scared of being homeless." And I said, "Grady, that's your biggest fear too, is being homeless." He's like, "I don't. I'm not scared of that anymore. It was only when I was little." I'm like, "Well, you know how it feels to feel to be scared of being homeless, and that's their biggest fear." And I was like, "Oh, what'd you say? Oh, I bet that was not fun." And he's like, "What?" And I said, "They just told me that they had to they had to smell your stinky armpits all night long." And then that's the things they get. They don't even get to go home when they're done. He's like, mom, stop. That's so weird. As he's laughing. And I'm like, and they had to be around your stinky butt too. Then he just like fell over the floor because I used like some SpongeBob humor. And I'm like, it's okay, guys. I'll save you. And I put it in the washing machine. And so the next day, it didn't happen. So I did it again. And then the next day, this morning, they were in the hamper. And I was like, oh, Grady, you made them have a home. He's like, oh my gosh, mom, stop. But what I was trying to create was not that he thinks at this age that his clothes are talking to me. He would have believed it, hook, line, and sinker at five years old. And he is kind of like Amelia Bedelia's sister. He's like Mr. Magoo. I said, they're so happy they're finally home. He's like, oh, my gosh, that's so weird, Mom. Stop. But my point is in doing it this way versus like, Grady, put your clothes on the hamper. Grady, we turn into Charlie Brown's teacher. We have to get more creative and have more fun. And when we're detached from our ego, it can be more fun and be more light and fluffy and be more creative and be more thinking outside the box versus rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. And someone said that's, I think it was Albert Einstein said that's the definition of insanity. It's actually what our brain does because it's so used to patterning. So whatever the habit you're trying to create Get creative, and you can have some type of incentive. Like, after you do blank, then you can do this. At When you do blank, like, you can have some type of incentive at the end. Like, not an incentive like, here, you do this chore, I'll give you a cookie. It's like, do all your work, then you can go out for recess to play is the message that we get at school. And so the same thing can be at home. Do all your chores, do all your family tasks, whatever you want to call it. I don't even like to call them chores. I like to call them tasks because the word chore is so ladled with such a high gravity, it's like the word laundry. No, I just have clothes that they need to have a little trip from the washer to the dryer, to the chair, to the bed, the washer, to the cha- dryer, to the chair, to the bed. Then it takes all the drama out of it. So if your kids are okay with the word chore, you don't have, you can use the word chore, but if the word has a lot of weight to it, you want to pull apart the word and maybe think of a different word. And when we tell our kids to clean their room, it's like telling someone who's never played soccer, go play soccer. They actually need to be taught how to clean. So then it's a reflection of us. Do I know how to clean? Do I know how to teach them step-by-step-by-step-by-step-by-step? And what's the best strategy? And how can I teach this where it's age appropriate? Do you see how when we don't have ego and we don't have story and we don't have the little girl of like we're being disrespected like we were disrespected when we were little, that story playing in the background, then we can come from a place of, oh, these are kids that don't want to do a certain task because either they don't know how or they don't want to do a certain task. Oh, I know how that feels because that's how I feel every single stinking talking day of my life. I don't want to do tasks. So a lot of times I will tell my brain because my brain tells me to stop doing tasks all the time. Brain, after you do this, then you can go lay on your phone and, and scroll TikTok, okay? But I know you want to do TikTok first, brain. It's okay. This is how I'm talking to myself. And sometimes I'll talk out loud. I'm like, I don't want to empty this dishwasher. Oh, geez. Okay, brain... What we're going to do is we're going to empty this dishwasher and then when we're done with the dishwasher, then we're going to go scroll Facebook. Then we're going to go outside. Then we're going to go scroll TikTok. Then you can have a break. It's okay, brain. I know you're spazzing out, but let's just chill out a little bit and then we'll go have some fun, okay? And this is me talking out loud and they're kind of looking at me like, but I'm teaching them through osmosis by the talking out loud in the process because a lot of times we want to shame and guilt our kids for not wanting to do their homework. Well, Hello, I don't wanna do my homework when I have to come home from work and do some more work. And I don't wanna do my tasks and I don't wanna do put away laundry and I don't wanna, I don't wanna. I have those same tantrums. I just keep them in my head. And sometimes I have them out loud and sometimes I don't do it. Sometimes I do the TikTok and the chore. Sometimes I do the TikTok and no chores. So we have to normalize that for our kids and not create so much story that they're being disrespectful, there's something wrong with them. If I don't do my chores, that's not being being disrespectful to David and the kids. It's just me not wanting to do my chores or tasks. Again, I don't like the word chores. Even the word chores brings up like, makes my shoulders start to tense up when I say the word chores. So I don't want to do the tasks either. I get you, boo. So you see how there's not creating that separation between parent and child. It's creating this normalcy around it. Like, oh, you're a human. I'm a human. I'm trying to figure this out. You're trying to figure this out. Let's figure it out together versus me against you, you against me. And it's on like Donkey Kong. Then you can kind of parent with your child, not parent over your child. So get creative, tag me in your little notes. You can put them on sticky note. You can type them up. You can even do it on the fly. You can talk. The water bottles that are left out, like Grady left his water bottle. And I was like, oh, water bottle, it's going to be okay. I'll save you. Be light, be fluffy, be NBD. Lighten up with our kids because they're already light and fluffy and they want us to lighten up. And they're here to teach us how to lighten up and not be so serious Sam and serious Sally because we have to do all the things. We actually don't have to do all the things. We have to actually remember from our kids what life is all about versus us thinking we have all the answers and we're gonna teach our kids what life is all about. So tag me in your stories, tag me in your notes. I love you guys and I'll talk to you next week, bye-bye. Hey mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting boot camp, where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really wanna fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day.